Hi, and welcome back to What's the Damage Companion Show to the incredibly well-known and popular Real Play D&D show, World for Damage. We were gone last week, but now we're back. It's important to be comfortable with change. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, if you'll think back a couple of weeks, the Shields of Twilight had a very eventful episode. Uh, Quinn was healed by Asmodeus, that one priest played a very nasty trick on the party. Oriana and Baltim learned the true cost of the deal they made, but they also learned the deals can be rewritten, overwritten, and kind of wiggled out of. They didn't have much time to ponder that though, because what everyone had forgot in the midst of all the hullabaloo is that they had a pit fight that very evening, a fight complicated by the fact that Baltaim and Oriana had been ordered to throw said fight um, with a bit of magical compulsion to back that order up. With the clock ticking down, um, Oriana made another deal to get out of her deal, then revealed to Baltaim the one trick guarantee to get him out of hot water as well, appealing to a higher authority or a lower authority, authority on some level. Um, but there was, again, no time to think about that because then it was fight time and the Shields of Twilight pitted their wits, swords, and spells against another party. The Shields didn't go down easy, even though they did ultimately go down. Um, Campion found his nemesis and we'll be talking about all of that jam-packed stuff right now, as well as talking about retconning, both the one that happened in this campaign and just kind of the concept in general. As always, stick around after the stream for stuff and links and other stuff. I'm your host, Truth Benson, and this is What's the Damage? Welcome back. We've got two exciting guests today. We've got Serenity, our wonderful DM, and we've got Chad, who plays the not-dead Quinn. Hey, um, I'm not dead. Yeah. So today's topic is very sort of intertwined with the episode, so we're not going to do the whole like section A, section B thing like normal. It's all connected or Ooh. kind of sandwiched, um, as it were. So Quinn isn't dead. But it wasn't your thing. Yes. What's the damage? I'm glad I'm not dead. And I enjoy how it all worked out because it was it ended up being very interesting. Like 
Oh, Quinn's not dead, but oh, damn, this thing could have still broke real, real bad. May have been worse, actually. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been like the death of personality and also of, at that point, is like at that point, is he even still alive technically or not? You know, like, yeah, you could have been like a creepy. Lay Baldur's Gate 3 to find out. Oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're not sponsoring uh, us unless they want to. <laughs> if they do, we'll take their money. We'll take all Contact that. Contact us. <laughs> Just take their logo on, on our screen. <laughs> I'll take, yeah, take the logo, take the money, take it all. All that. Uh, we are open to sponsorships. Yeah, there you go. Um, anyway. Um, if anyone so... happens to own a company and want to give us money, please talk company. to us. Join our Discord. <laughs> or just partner with us in some way. Yeah. Yeah, anything. Please, we're so lonely. Um, <laughs> anyway. Thirsty as hell. So... Anyway. <laughs> Before we uh, dig into this very juicy episode, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, the combat from the episode before last, the one with the Elithids. So if you'll cast your memories way, way, way back mm -hmm. to the, the annals of history. Um, specifically, I wanted to hear about from Serenity about what it's like designing combats with like clever monsters versus uh, sort of more raw gonna eat you monsters, although these ones are also gonna eat you. Um, and what's like fighting clever monsters from Chad's perspective. So yeah, um, take us away. I like playing intelligent creatures um, because they have tactics and they have an understanding of like things are going to end for me here. I can get out. I'm going to like, I'm going to leave. And so, um, so I, I, when I designed this, I knew exactly like one, I homebrewed a couple of things as uh, everyone realized they, these creatures, a couple of them were slinging some sort of like blood magic, uh, yeah. which is they've never seen before. Um, Gross. On top of the creatures not being seen before, um, and and mind flayers are a like psionic, uh, very intelligent um, hive mind of of beings, right? Um, in in most or in the traditional sense, um, and who knows in, in my world, but but I have taken similar sort of concepts from that, and so um, the whole thing is is you know where the group normally corrals monsters into you know uh, a, a bunch so that's one of their casters can get an aoe off on them or so mm -hmm. you know or you know you know with quinn now being a paladin he wants everyone to group on him well at the same time sure group on him but if you get fireballed or blasted you're still taking even if you save half damage and that piles up on a group of, of pcs so it forces sort of the group to kind of think beyond like okay, we're just going to group up and our paladin's mm -hmm. going to save us and like everything's going to be all good. Um, and now you're going to have these monsters who also like knew how to use their dark. Like they all have, I think, I believe it's 120 feet of dark vision. So they can all Sounds see right. the only one on mm. on uh, the group side that had has that is Baltaeen. And, and so the we others lost have early to, on in the fight. Yeah. So, you know, like not having this, um, and then, and then also their barbarian, not even having any vision and having to like spend actions to do that. It, it, it kind of changes how fight tactics and interactions um, occur where a group might normally just like rush in and be like, don't worry, we got this. We'll, we'll, we can spend an action to do this thing. Um, 
uh, it kind of changes the nature of the fight, which is also sort of what happened later in the most recent episode, also mm-hmm. when they were fighting an, another intelligent group who, who, were, who were adventurers and kind of knew how to handle another group. So, yeah. But Chad, please. Yeah. How is um, it fighting for- intelligent monsters? It's it's interesting fighting monsters that are smarter than we are because that seems to be how a lot of how it goes. Like ah, I see you, you things have also planned ahead on how to kill us. Good job, you. Uh, I it adds an interesting layer to uh, like the challenge of the fight because then it's not just you know exactly how many hit points do I have to take out of this big old sack of crap before I can move on with my life. It's that plus what is it going to try to do to stop that from happening since it's not just some feral thing. So like, I'm going to try and chew your face off while you try and kill me. This is the arrangement we have for this combat. Thank you and good day to you. It's what terrible things will it inflict on the way? Like, is it going to try to, you know, inject some sort of weird slug baby into your brain? Is it going to try to dominate one of your people to make them try and kill you first? Is it going to hope that you all clump up and then wait for that exact moment to drop something big and heavy on top of you, like you were saying? So it means that you have to try to play chess with them at the same time as trying mm-hmm. to do everything else, which is an interesting thing to try and pull off. So, speed chess, but with swords. Kind of, yeah. Also, chess yeah, we gotta fencing? get some, I, Yeah, you know, chess fencing, um, combat chess, not wizard's chess. It's also like interesting to 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 be able to counter like counterspell a counterspell or to to mm-hmm. I felt like I almost went a little too hard but I it was kind of like a lesson of these things have reactions too and I mm-hmm. feel like the group is often just like slinging spells like okay well we'll just get this one off and 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 that's it especially mm-hmm. someone like Baltaim who only has two two major spells right at this time as a warlock and and if they're gone that like all the all they have is is Oriana as their as their other like backup. I mean Campion to an extent, but he's also mainly a damage dealer as he tries to mm-hmm. be like a ranged fighter. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and so it's interesting to to have this because like a lot of the time, you know, Oriana will do her. Um, uh, what's the one where she makes the character run away? Um, Fear. No. Yeah, it's a, um... it's a spell. It's not a. It's it uses the reaction to me. I can't remember what it's called. But it's one of those, uh, like, it's psychic damage, mm-hmm. and, then, and then they they run away. Well, especially on these creatures, one, they're immune to psychic, mm-hmm. and, and two, um, they can counter that that spell and see much further. So it, it was inter- another sort of interesting set of mechanics of, of, you know, now you have to play against other casters who are going to use your own mechanics against you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and I like that. Again, it, it forces the players to think of like, okay, I'm going to cast a spell. Okay, maybe you want to cast something that they don't know what you're like. You know, maybe you don't want to cast your highest level spell initially. Maybe mm-hmm. get them to waste a counter spell on something that's like unimportant. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. the answer to the question was dissonant whispers. I had to look it up, right. but that uh, was the thing. There you go. Changed. There you go. Could not remember. That's such a useful. It's such a useful spell, and it often, you know, uses their reaction. It's not forced movement. They take the attack of opportunity, especially against someone like you know Mm -hmm. Sinric or whatever. But, um, but they can counter it, and so it's just like you know one of those one of those big things. So I I I enjoy fights where 
access. And it'll it'll be interesting to also fight intelligent creatures that aren't necessarily spellcasters, but maybe like soldiers mm-hmm. or, you know, tacticians yeah. or generals. Because, yeah, they might not have magic, but they might have other things, uh, how to use a battlefield and things like that, you know. It's, you know, pincher formation. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, awesome. Okay, so, so the events of this fight were partially retconned, mostly the end bit, um, as well as the aftermath, what the party did. Um, so Serenia, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about um, about the decision to go back and ultimately edit what happened. Yeah. Um, it never feels good to kill a character. Um, mm-hmm. And it especially doesn't feel good to kill a character and have no real way of them being brought back. Um, you know, if you go down and you die and it's just from wounds, like a regular raised dead can do the job, but mm-hmm. having no brain means you need quite high level, uh, magic in order to, to, um, to do it. Um, I'll put that thing back in and there. again, uh, like the, the chances that they were going to be able to find what they needed were slim to none. Like, mm-hmm. like they've, they've had enough resurrection. Like there's not a lot of people who can cast resurrection or, or, you know, um, uh, reincarnation and things like that. Like there are very few and far between. Um, and so it would have, one would have derailed the, the, the campaign a little bit, which I'm less worried about. But what I didn't realize was there were, there were mechanics as you've now seen in the most recent episode that I had completely forgot, um, that were a part of the story, um, that I was just doing so many things that fight. I think, I believe Jay was out that day. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was running campion. These were brand new homebrew monsters. I was dealing with like this whole set of hemomancy that I've created. It, those were all homebrewed spells. Um, and so just with all of that, plus trying to keep the monsters intelligent and uh, make sure that, you know, they were doing what they should be doing. I just totally forgot that the healing uh, should have been double. Um, and so given that a character died and in that way i realized well should the heal had the healing have been doubled quinn would have stayed up on the first hit or the first Mm -hmm. two hits i think or no the first hit from the first the one mind flare that hit him and then the other one would have taken him down but it would have been the the other one's action to take him down and likely they would have been killed before they could uh re uh reattack quinn again because everyone else's turns would have would have come up um, before then so I was just like okay that's my bad as a DM uh, and it doesn't feel good for a player to to go down in that way but I also didn't want to be like okay we're just going to rewind the entire fight and redo it again mm-hmm. or we're just going to like pretend nothing happened or, or whatever so I was like okay because we didn't end the episode right at the end of the fight I was like since all this other stuff has happened how do I tie this in to make it make more sense, but also give the player the ability to continue with this character because of a flub on my part. And so I realized, well, given the types of creatures that they are, it would be uh, 100% feasible that they would have, um, they would have uh, inserted a tadpole into him. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, one of the things that like Chad asked me was, well, he's a paladin, he's immune to diseases and poison. Um, and I was like, not a disease which it isn't it's a parasite mm-hmm. uh, which is a completely different thing and so i was like this will make sense and it will give an opportunity for the characters to continue with the line of sort of thought that they had originally had um without sort of 
ruining too much where we'd have to backtrack. And that was my whole thought process behind it was, okay, we can continue in this way so that um, I don't take out a, a PC when really they shouldn't have been mm-hmm. out. That's fine. I generally don't retcon. I don't like retcons. Like I don't uh-huh. like taking back actions, but that was a pretty grievous thing that happened. And I realized like it wouldn't have had I have played. And I, and I think the, the without the healing, the combat ended up being like way more deadly than I had intended. So it's also like on me as a DM to like make sure that uh, like I balance things proper, properly. Mm-hmm. Not giving the double healing was a, a hindrance to, to the group. So, yeah. Well, beans. Yeah. So you mentioned you, you don't, you prefer not to retcon. So when do you guys think it's appropriate to retcon stuff in D&D? Is it like plot altering mistakes only, other smaller stuff? Like when do you hit that button? I think the best ways to use it is just when you realize that something has been fucked up to the point where it is going to completely throw a wrench in stuff if you don't somehow fix it. Like, you know, you, there's one actually that you know of specifically because you were there for it in the game that I'm the game that I'm running is you know I was I'm running a you know, home game for people and one a character died tried to fix that couldn't because you know low enough level that it wasn't possible and then i wanted to introduce his new character as you know quickly as i could and i will say it now i shit the bed on the introduction and i basically realized after a few episodes when the party was not going to mesh at all with the new guy because of just they're in barovia there's an innate distrust of literally everything even squirrels are suspect there and i just said okay well in order to make this work better let us pretend as though he never showed up and now he's going to get another introduction here to try and make it work better and allow for him to get a, a fair shake on getting into the whole the whole group mm-hmm. and it actually did work so things like that that's like that's when i think they work out because if it's basically this thing can't keep running if this one mistake stands fix the mistake I, I, um, I think generally, like, I, like, I, I wouldn't retcon something. Like, I think there's, there's better ways than, than to retcon most of the time is, is to figure out a way to mold the story. Um, but yeah, there are, there are grievous things like, you know, like, like I said, like if, if, if you kill a character, um, you know, unknowingly and you realize, well, that probably shouldn't have happened. Like, mm-hmm. I think that that's a fair way of, if you can find a good way to like undo it, um, to, to give that PC a, a chance because like it, you know, you get attached to your characters, you want to see their stories fulfilled. Um, also like, you know, depending on your DM and the type of game that you're playing, it can be hard to like think of a new character and figure out like what kind of backstory you want for them to have and like how you want them to integrate into the group and everything like that. Um, and so you definitely want to make sure that you're, being fair to your your players um so for me it's generally that or if i did something in the story for whatever reason i mean i'm usually very very careful in like how i foreshadow things and what threads i have but i mean if you realize that oh crap i gave a piece of information or i completely said something that i shouldn't have um that now they've got written in their notes that like doesn't make sense then yeah perhaps you want to like retcon 
what that is or how that's going to interact. So that would be like a smaller retcon. Yeah. Yeah. Generally, like, like I said, generally, like if you have to majorly retcon, like a huge part of your game, that can, I don't know. I, I find like that can be difficult because then the characters have to, depending, you know, if you're like backtracking or if you're like changing an interaction, like the characters have to like almost, or the players have to almost like forget Mm-hmm. everything they interacted with because mm-hmm. then they wouldn't you know how how many things would have changed if you didn't do this one thing and i find that mm-hmm. that's often harder than than just like just going with it um but if you can find a good way of like piecing things together with your retcon where it doesn't shift the world too much like it doesn't butterfly effect too many things then it's okay mm-hmm. but i mm-hmm. i think like oftentimes it does and that's when it gets hard because because the players have all this knowledge from a thing that they did that if you, let's just say, you're like, okay, we're going back three days. You're going to play that adventure again. They have to play it as if they like didn't get all this information, as if they don't know it. Um, if, how would they you know, go about this whole part? They almost get to do it a second time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's just like a weird kind of way of playing, I think. Yeah. Well, I think one thing was, if you're ever going to try and retcon anything, like as the DM, you can have the idea to do it, figure out this is how it would probably work. But before you can implement anything, you have to, um, you kind of have to get consent from everybody else at the table first. Mm-hmm. Like, so if I do this, here's my plan. This is what it will mean for you guys. Is everybody okay with this? Or do we need to try and come out of this another way? And if everybody consents, then, you know, plow ahead and do what you do. Mm-hmm. Otherwise you do have to try and work something else in because you don't want to, like she'd said, basically rip information away from people that is going to put them at a disadvantage. And you may not realize you're doing that unless you tell people in advance, this is what I want to do. This is the thing that I should, that you should not have found out, or this is the mm-hmm. thing that should not have happened. But then you say that's all your players and someone comes out, okay, well, hang on, because I knew that I did these 19 things immediately following that. <laughs> so you're saying like, I have to give back a month of work I did here. Cause no, thank you. And, and that's something you may, you may not know without having that conversation and getting mm-hmm. the consent. Yeah, I think also you generally want to not make your players retread too much ground mm-hmm. if you can if you can avoid that because like that's that's not fun. You're just like redoing a level. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, then D and D becomes roguelike, and I don't think I don't think it can handle it. <laughs> yeah, I think D&D you only is, want to, is roguelike. I think you only want to retcon like if you're if you're retconning like right away. Mm-hmm. Like I think if you find out like you know, 10 sessions down the line, shit, I did this thing. I think you have to find a different way of like. Yeah. Yeah. At that point you're, it's in you're a bit too far. Yeah. You're a bit too far. But I think if you like realize like in the moment or just after the moment, you probably have, can find a way to make it make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So sort of like on this, on this thread, um, what, what thing, when is retconning inappropriate? How do you tell like when it's a viable solution and when you have to figure something else out? Um, I think really you can use the benchmark of what has happened with uh, like continuity in other forms of media where mm-hmm. it's not that things were completely messed up or completely wrong or a mistake has been made they have to fix. It's People are tired of this. Like, I don't really like this story anymore. I would like to change this because I feel like telling this story instead. And that's when retconning shouldn't happen. It's mm-hmm. it, it's much like if you get some sort of superpower, it should only be used for good. 
and to actually be of a benefit, not I just, well, yeah, but still, um, but like it then becomes a thing of if you're just doing this because you don't feel like doing, telling this particular story or working mm -hmm. this particular angle anymore, then it's not something that needs to be retconned. It's something that needs to be reevaluated as in like you have, if this is the thing you're trying to do, then you don't need to retcon. You just, you need to see what is wrong overall and why you're trying to completely redo stuff like that otherwise. Yeah, I, I mean, I think uh, just like Chad said before, I think one retconning is completely up to the DM, right? It, I mean, if you, if you think about like how that bad, had I have not said to any of these players, shit guys, I fucked up. <laughs> they wouldn't mm -hmm. have known I fucked up. Um, and they would have had to go about their merry way. And Chad probably would have had to play an, a new character. Um, and the story would have continued. Uh, I think like in D&D, retconning is 100% on the DM and the DM figuring out I made a huge mistake. I need to, I, I, I'd like to fix it. And so I think like appropriateness happens, like Chad said, is talking to your players and being like, hey guys, mm -hmm. here's a brief look behind the screen. Made a mistake here. Um, I know we went through all of this stuff. Is it okay if um, we play things out in this way because I totally forgot to give you X piece of information and you should have had it and you didn't for this adventure. And I, I can see you guys are like having real trouble figuring out X mm -hmm. thing or you guys, you know, went into this room and three of you died and had I have given you that note that I was supposed to hand, hand you, you might've had an idea that this puzzle was like a poisonous gas room and you're gonna die. Um, so I think it's really on the DM, uh, and the DM to like talk with players and be like, Hey, I want to do this thing. Same with like, I, I think also appropriateness is seeing how your players are feeling about something. Sometimes a DM, again, it's mostly on the DM, right? Cause the DM kind of like gives the story beats and then the players follow them. And mm -hmm. most of the time the DM tries to do things that are, challenging and interesting for the players but sometimes you might do something that just doesn't feel right to a player or they don't they're not enjoying it at all maybe it's triggering something in them that you didn't even know you know obviously you have your your chat before you even start the game to make sure that you're not going in a direction that they don't want but maybe that happens unknowingly and so i think that's also a time like if you're noticing like players are disengaged or like reacting poorly to, to things it, that's a time when as a as a dm you come forward and you say hey guys like let's talk like this seems mm -hmm. to not be going well okay how do we shift the narrative to be something more appropriate in line with the dm so i think like i i think that it's mostly on the dm uh because it's your game and like i said the players don't have other than the view from their character's perspective have no idea what's going on behind the scenes and so it's really on you to kind of like give them a heads a heads up. Cool beans. Um, okay, I have a tiny little pop quiz for you guys. So do you know where the term retcon came from originally? I assume it's from comics, but I don't know. I know it Close. relates to it because that's when it's used most. Yeah. 
True, but not 100% correct. It was actually um, the first recorded use of the term um, retroactive continuity, which is what retcon is short yeah. for, was um, first used by a theologian, um, E. Frank oh. Tupper. Yeah, apparently a lot of a lot of Bible terms get borrowed. We also use canon to um, refer to stuff like comics, um, and then it was then popularized um, in the '80s, like to talk about the uh, absolute shitstorm, which is DC Comics continuity. Yeah, that's kind of what I was alluding to as far as yeah. like without getting deadly specific, like the fact that DC has to do like a crisis every few years because, oh shit, we fucked this up. And they gotta like abolish a few years of storytelling. Just, uh -huh. okay, well, we don't want to tell that story anymore. We want to do this now instead. I mean, at this point, this is just how superhero comics are. Um, I did not know yeah. it came from religion though. That's interesting. I did not either. That is, yeah, today I But learned. I guess, I mean, there are so many, like, anyway. especially in like, I guess the, the Christian religion, like there are so many different Bibles, right? Like there's like mm -hmm. the yeah. Testament, the King James, the, like Old Testament, like all Yeah, there are like a ton of, a ton of different translations. There are mm -hmm. all the apocryphal yeah. texts. Very, very interesting. Okay. Yeah. Religion's interesting, guys. Um, anyway. <laughs> Um, okay, so so with this particular retcon, um, I thought actually that it was very clever the way it wove into the plotline. I thought it actually made some of the actions of the characters make more sense than they did before, especially like with the rush, the Temple of Asmodeus, since um, Quino's actually on a bit of a, a bit of a ticking clock with the with the brain parasite. Um, so I was wondering if you guys had any like tips for making um, for making retcons that don't just patch over the holes in the plot, but actually enhance the story the way this one did. Um, so, I mean, for me, like I already knew what adventure uh, these characters were, growing, were going on. Um, and um, I figured that this was a good way to give them kind of lore on the creatures um that i know the players most of them out of out of character and out of game know what an illithid is or a mind player and anyone who's played any kind of like rpg has, has interacted with one in some way um but uh, i figured like this would be a good way to kind of understand uh, what they were facing um and really uh solidify um that There is more than just death um, to worry about uh, in in this world. Like, sure, death sucks, but this would also have been um, a horrible way to go, um, mm -hmm. becoming a part mm -hmm. of like a, a grander hive mind and turning into something indistinguishable. Um, and basically being stuck in a body that's no longer your own and having your mind devoured and consumed. And I, I, um, and I knew it would work um, because that was another thing that I was thinking about was, okay, it's a paladin. Okay, well, I can't just have it be some weird like blood infection or something like that because he just, his, his, his natural ability would yeah. shrug it off. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was like, okay, well, Here's how here's how this would work. And I will say this, like they in in 5e or in actually DD, I don't think anywhere in the guides or books do they ever explain 
exactly how the process of seromorphosis works. It's I think real it's loose. Like, it's like a very loose, like singular paragraph where they say like they find victims and then they have these tadpoles and then they insert themselves uh, on an unwilling victim through some some one of the orifices, whether it be the eye, the mouth, the ear. Yeah, I think they go into it in like older editions. More. Yeah, yeah, but even older editions, they don't really give DMs like an explanation of like what happens, how it happens, mm-hmm. how to remove it, like anything like that. So you kind of have your own interpretation of like what what could happen and I was like okay this is so loosely defined that I can kind of use it and mold it into the the narrative and the story so that um so that it still makes sense and uh the players still have that sense of foreboding but um I can I can use it in whatever way that I need to like there's no hard line where someone is going to slap a rule book on me and say like, Oh, you yeah. did this wrong. Like you, that Actually. can't happen or whatever. Um, and so, and so I, it was a good way for me to do that without, um, without like, you know, having to completely fumble through rules or how things work. Yeah. Which well done there. But yeah. I think like, yeah, I think, I think like just to, to do with story, I think is try to find a way to tie whatever event happened to Mm -hmm. something in your narrative to try and like make sense. Like if it's bringing in an NPC that might like help the group, if it's a certain location, um, you know, if it's moving up a timeline for something to like help, help them out. I think like that's the best way to make it feel less like an abrupt stop to something Mm -hmm. than like a cut Mm -hmm. rather than something that sort of like flows into yeah. I, I, yeah, I think that's only the best way to try to figure out how to have the retcon enhance. Part of it is also just go back, look at what you did wrong. That That is the thing that needs to be fixed. Because usually by examining where a failure has occurred, you, can, you actually can find a pretty easy path on how to make it better. You know, like, okay, I fucked this up this exact way. What if instead I did this? That is actually much better. And then and, and you can just sort of springboard off of that into, okay, I can now connect these things and then roll it up into this whole other thing for them. And it, mm-hmm. basically that's it. Just examine where everything went wrong and that's the best way to figure out where to make it right. Cool beans. Um, awesome. Uh, so because of all this, all this. Um, Quinn didn't die and didn't turn into a zombie, thankfully. How relieved are you? Quite relieved. <laughs> I have, I did not want to have to write a whole other backstory because at my heart, I am a very lazy person who does not feel like putting in that much work on a narrative. And mm-hmm. I also did not want to have to put that much on the DM to have to try to figure out whatever thing I'm making and cram somewhere into the world and all that and also i just i very much want to see where the rest of the story goes because it's not gone mm-hmm. in a direction i expected at all and i know it's going to continue to do that so and i want to experience that yeah really yeah. yeah um so you don't do you not have a backup character at all or um the closest thing I, yeah the closest thing i did have whenever i got the bad news oh, you don't of, tell well, them what it dead. is no, don't I tell know. us what it is i know but... what only thing i will say is it I, I kind of had one because there was this other game that a friend was planning to run at some point. He was basically mm-hmm. given up on the idea of running said game, but I 
because I do, this is just a thing I do. I went overboard on character creation and I had like mm -hmm. an idea for backstory there. I had a basic character to use there. So like, okay, well, I'm just going to shift this guy over into the active roster and see how I can retool him here. <laughs> and I had so. a great way of, of working him into the story. Had, had, uh, it would, had it Quinn kick the bucket. But yeah, it would have worked save perfectly, this. but I'm glad I'm also like, mm -hmm. you know, like I said, yeah. I, Players don't want their characters to die, and, and I generally don't want to have to. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I'm, I'm hoping I can just save him for campaign two, honestly. Perhaps, yeah. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, I do not future. want to need him for campaign one. He can stay in cold storage for now. Yes. Put him back on um, ice like Captain America. Anyway, um, so what was it like for Quinn to meet Asmodeus, who's been like this weird kind of shadow figure um, around certain members of your par party. He's a bit of a troublemaker, but he did cure you of your brain worms. Yes, he was very nice to do that. Um, for Quinn, it was basically just, part of it was almost, it was one of those things where, you know, you hear a lot about a person like through, you know, secondhand talk from like friends or, acquaintances that you find anything and, and just the first thing you think is oh so you're what all the fuss has been about mm -hmm. you know that was a little bit of it um but then the rest was just sort of um i'm trying to think how to best to put this seeing as how he has interacted with at this point personally two gods seen several more including him and it's it's now just it's become something for him where it just reinforces exactly how weird his life has become and how strange things are for him. Like, yeah, of course you're Asmodeus. Why wouldn't you be as, why, why wouldn't you be Hi. here right now? Like, what the fuck else could this be? <laughs> but it was, it Love was, it. I, the only thing I can say was it was, it, it was interesting to do. And I did also did like the fact that I did get that one last thing at the end, just tell your family, I said, hey, which he didn't do. We don't um, know if he did know. or not, because he heard. And, you oh, know. you meant the the gods. Yeah. Yeah, he was yeah. saying, "Tell tell Asmodeus, tell tell your family." I said, "Hey." Mm -hmm. Oh, he did. You know. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah. That's, you get like a text the... from Alora being like, "Thanks." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah maybe. right here. You know. Yeah, it's it's fine. Like she sends you pictures like her tomato plants. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> doing well. Uh, like, oh, those nice. really coming in nice. Yeah. <laughs> Start a whole conversation about horticulture. Man. Does Quinn know anything? He probably doesn't know anything about horticulture. Um, could Quinn grow tomatoes successfully, do you think? I can't grow tomatoes successfully, so I could not tell Quinn. you. Quinn. That's the thing. Because I, as a person, have no knowledge on how to successfully grow tomatoes, I cannot, in good confidence, say whether or not Maybe this character could. I mean, yeah, go. with Perry's help, he could grow a whole damn farm because it wouldn't just be you. You're good. You're big and good at lifting stuff. Go lift that stuff over there. Go dig that hole over there. Put said stuff in said hole. No, not like that, like this thing. And then, yeah, with help and guidance, sure, he could grow whatever the hell he wanted on his own. I think he could find a tomato plant, but... Um, <laughs> identify a tomato yeah like if he's going into quinn is probably not if he can, if he's going into fantasy kroger and they have those uh -huh. plants set up outside like the one i've been at a couple times does mm -hmm. he could he could pick out ah that is going to be a tomato plant maybe maybe only well, because know, they have flags the first on step. Them. 
I see from the little label that it's ah, a tomato plant. I see from the flag in the dirt that you shall be a tomato, small green thing. I recognize this now. Um, Beyond that, I don't know. Wonderful. That's very off topic, but I only have myself to blame for that one. So I, <laughs> you guys are off the fun. hook. I like following um, you when you derail. It's fun. <laughs> Join me off the tracks. <laughs> Tomatoes. <laughs> Tomatoes. We're, we're off-roading it today, guys. Um, we, awesome. <laughs> A little adventure. Um, anyway, so, 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 so. Um, so Quinn, you were uh, a little bit petrified for a little bit there um, mm -hmm. while the priest was very mean to your friends. Yeah. Um, but was it was it like nice to see how determined everyone was to like save you despite the traumatic practical joke you were being forced to play on them? It was, yeah. It was nice to see that people like how much people cared, mm -hmm. and as a like because in character, he knows nothing about exactly the reaction everybody had in the moment. But as a player, it was nice to see the first time everybody has ever really agreed on something. Wasn't Quinn aware? I thought he was aware. No, no, he meant when happening. it originally happened, when he went down oh, the battle. Yeah, like, like when okay, Baltaim okay. went like falls to the Everyone wall. Everyone went nuts. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Like in the moment then, like immediately after it happened, well, Quinn was completely unaware because he was, you know, knocked out and almost becoming a fucking mind flare and all that. It was nice to see as a player how everybody just immediately started going in the same direction. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, we all need, we all are having to do something. Let's go now. No more bullshit. Let's just go fix this. It was heartwarming a little bit. And I did like the reaction of everybody, like while he was being forced to literally play dead. Uh -huh. It was, it was nice. It became awkward right after the fact when I like, yeah. he was like, oh, surprise, he's not actually dead. And he got to say, like, oh, hi, guys. This was not my idea, <laughs> but hi. Yeah. Did you think it was weird that no one hugged you right afterwards, or were they all just too mad? <laughs> I, I don't think it was weird considering the setup there, because like mm -hmm. it went from Quinn is dead and also this gross purple squid headed thingy to Good news, guys. Quinn's not actually dead and was never a gross purple squid-headed thingy. So, you know, oh. unpack that however you want. And <laughs> I don't know. Maybe later someone will just do that thing where you randomly hug somebody because you remembered something important. Yeah, right. Like, you remember something that, like, I should hug this person because life is fleeting or something like that. Maybe that'll happen later on, but in the moment, I can understand why it did not. Yeah, I think you're all quite aware of how fleeting life can be, Do or not. Definitely. I mean, you keep coming back. Um, I mean, except for, except for poor Dobby, um, all right, who remains a monument to us all. <laughs> yeah, um, cool beans. Okay, yeah. so I think. I think we do need to once again touch a bit on your interpersonal problems. Mm, um, a little bit. They've I gotten. Think, they are getting better. Yeah, I think you had. I I thought you guys had a bit of a, a, a productive dialogue, but I kind of wanted to get yeah. um, Quinn's perspective on that, especially since this was all happening like right on the heels of him coming back to life. So he's a little bit disoriented, but mm. Quinn's perspective. <laughs> Uh, from Quinn's perspective, things actually are improving because one, he knows that people were able to get on the same page without bickering incessantly about trying to fix a problem and trying to mm -hmm. do something. 
to try and it, you know, because it was to help him, that's nice and all, but in general, it was everyone found a direction to go and no one tried to split the difference. Like, oh, but I don't want to do that. I want to go over here instead. It's no, we're all going this way. Let's do this. Let's fix this thing. Let us take an action. And then the fact that for the first time, and I can't remember when Oriana was actually fully honest about something is also a huge step because she did have to pay for it which is another thing like which I, you know Quinn doesn't really know exactly what mm-hmm. what the deal is there but if that comes out that will be another you know another thing to put in the plus column for it but the fact that she actually did come clean about stuff and was honest instead of continuing to be evasive and obfuscate what the truth was for whatever reason it does help as well but yeah, from from Quinn's perspective, things are, I think, are going to be getting better if they continue in the same sort of vein. Cool beans. So, on this vein, do you guys like each other? <laughs> like the party? Are you friends? I mean, at this point, the only person he really has any actual problems with is Oriana, just because of all the stuff that's come up before everybody else he has no real issue with i mean yeah yes campion is weird and licks things for science and measures people in their sleep but other than that he seems harmless enough and (laughs) is actually someone who cares about the rest of the the rest of the group in his way and cares about what we're trying to do sinric is quiet most of the time but cares very deeply and is so weirdly wise at random that the fact that he isn't so vocal about about whether or not he does actually like the rest of the group doesn't matter because the things he does like when he gave everybody little trinkets that he carved by himself of the you know fancy hellstone that fell from the sky mm-hmm. and then you know Baltim's only problem is that he's stupidly impulsive but even that, Quinn can't really say much. He's been the same way. <laughs> but like, you know, he, he does consider the other people in the group as friends. Oriana's right now kind of the only X factor because mm. of everything that's come before and whatever goodwill that has been had there, she burned out a little bit here and there. But I mean, I would say, yeah, he does like the rest of the group. You guys are stuck with each other. Um, we are, yeah, literally. Due to like world ending circumstances. Sometimes that's what it takes to make friends. You know, it's so hard to make a friend as an adult. Like, mm-hmm. just go on an apocalyptic quest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what could go wrong? Befriending um, each other over Armageddon. Yeah. I mean, it's really every friendship you make these days. Um, anyway. I mean, kind of. 2020 <laughs> yeah. to 2021, man. This <laughs> will get better, maybe. Um, Anyway, so I want to talk a bit about um, the fights, the exciting pit fight that you guys had. Um, so first off, like there was a bit of back and forth over whether or not you'd even do this fight. And there were quite a few things going going on because like you guys kind of wanted to do the, um, 
to do the investigation more instead. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, you weren't really sure whether you could withdraw or not. It turns out you could, but people would be mad at you if you did. Um, yeah. And then also Baltime and Oriana were possibly obligated to do the fight because of magic reasons, but you didn't know that and they weren't there. Um, yeah, so I kind of want wanted you to speak a bit about the decision to try to cancel then not cancel the fight. Also, before you start, I just want to state state for the record that I love that bookie. He was so tired. (laughs) He was so mad. I just loved how he was like, just so you know, you are ruining my life. (laughs) Poor guy. Yeah, no, I felt for him. I really Mm -hmm. did. Because like the whole motivation for Quinn wanting to back out of it was because he wanted to see if we can try and reschedule since there has just been actionable intel gathered about the one thing that we're trying to do mm-hmm. and you know kind of want to strike while things are fresh if possible and then if we could reschedule the pit fight well then go do that and try to book it in for later then that would be the best but then once he found out that by canceling he's basically ruining an entire event everything's already been prepared there's literally nothing else that will go on in their place it's just well time to cancel everything and i guess refund a bunch of ticket sales then he did not at all want to do that uh-huh. <laughs> yeah like, i've kind of guilted into it oh yeah now, had there been no consequences to canceling he probably would have definitely i think he definitely would have but because like there was so much going on that he would have inadvertently ruined by being a proponent of mm-hmm. no i don't want to do this anymore i know it was my idea but i realized that this was poorly timed considering i didn't think this would go so quickly that uh yeah going through with it ended up being the better idea mm-hmm. yeah life comes at you fast <laughs> um <It> does <laughs> life comes at you fast man um yeah so i uh, guys did end up doing the fight and mm-hmm. you had like a really productive little strategy session right before um was it nice to both like have the time to make a game plan and also like be able to do it i think it was yeah it was nice to have a chance to strategize instead of being Mm -hmm. caught 100 off our guard and to be just dropped in the middle of something like well here's the monster good luck roll initiative so it, it was nice to have that moment to just talk what vague tactics we can do if this happens what can we do like how can we Mm -hmm. react to it based on you know what we know our abilities are what we've seen ourselves each other and ourselves do before you know that was that was fun yeah none of it worked but it was still fun (laughs) so i will say as a a dm i very very rarely railroad players into something and Mm -hmm. though it may not have seemed railroady i was forcing them to do this fight um Mm -hmm. And that was because one, I can only allow so many sessions of the group completely splitting up and not being together on something. Um, eventually, like it will start to tear apart the the story threads in the game. Um, there had to be a way to bring the group together and give them a productive moment to start to mend fences, which I believe mm-hmm. happened between. Uh, Oriana and Perry. Um, I agree. And the the pact that they made was my way of kind of forcing that issue between the, the two characters. Um, knowing, like, we can't go into this fight in this way, but we have mm-hmm. to go into this fight. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was, it was not giving them a get out of jail free card of like, okay, I'll, I'll let you postpone it. And like, and, and then spend another session of them trying to like work around ways to like figure their way out of this. It was also meant to show the flaws of multiple characters, um, and issues that a lot of them, like Baltaim in particular, has not at all addressed and has been told to address time and time again. Um, and so just because Oriana has been at the forefront because of this rift with Perry mm-hmm. does not mean that Baltaim is getting off scot-free in the decisions mm-hmm. that he's made. Um, he is lucky at this point that the decisions that he has made have not adversely affected someone. Mm-hmm. But he did get a creature killed. Thankfully, not yes. his own party members. But that that might not have been the case, you know, in in, an, in you know in another in another situation. Um, and so, it was a way for the group to see like there are flaws in in all of these characters, and they can come back together. And then to give them a fight where strategize, talk with one another, see what you're strong at, and give them a moment of like calm conversation versus we're in a harrowing situation. We have to think really, really fast. You know, evil's coming at us from all sides. We have no choices other than bad choices. And we just got to pick, we've got to pick a direction. This gave gave them a time to like, actually as a group talk through their abilities. And I needed that because I I don't want to go through like another four (laughs) sessions of them just yelling at one another. Different. Yeah. I really do think that though they lost, um, they do, they did come out stronger uh, stronger for it and more cohesive as a group and hopefully going forward into whatever investigation they take where, wherever they go next it will be together um, mm-hmm. in you know in a more mended capacity so. yeah, they have a, a partial win to fall yeah. back on um, yeah so a good planning session but of course uh, no plan survives first contact with the enemy nope. um, Let's talk a bit about that battle. Um, Serena, you you uh, mentioned at the top of the episode, this is kind of um, in some ways similar to the battle with the Olympics because it's another um, another intelligent um, enemy group, but a, a slightly less hostile one because they were, aren't trying to eat your brains. Um, so can you talk about like designing this combat where it's other adventurers um, who have assumably been doing some similar-ish stuff to what the party's been doing probably not the exact same stuff but they're also they, they've been trained kind of in the same way yeah as the party has. so i literally just wanted to make six pcs that were going to go against this and and i think everyone can see dm or pcs how unbalanced combat can be for one side or the other if initiative because everyone always says like, oh, legendary creatures, like it's so scary. It's like, it's not really if all six of your PCs have initiative before the legendary creature and deal 300 damage to it in the first turn and everything's over. Um, mm-hmm. That was unfortunate. I rolled very, very high um, and they had a couple of Dexy people and I actually incorrectly rolled initiative for the wizard who should have been going very, very first in combat because uh, mm-hmm. he was a chrono, uh, chronogist. Chronogister? Uh, yeah, he was chronogist, uh, so he was the time wizard, which means you get to add your intelligence modifier to your um, initiative. Uh, so Ooh. much like a gunslinger gets to add their proficiency bonus to their initiative with their dex, uh, they get dex plus int. Uh, so he had like a plus eight, but I only rolled a plus three. So he would have been going like, mm. he would have had like a 26 or something. Anyway, didn't matter. Um, but yeah, yeah 
Um, basically, I just wanted to give them like six PCs who I rolled all their stats the same way they roll stats um, and gave them all feats and things like that and uh, and then just played them. I think the one like thing that that the group doesn't have that like the DM does is I've been DMing for many, many a year um, and I know a lot of stuff back and front. And so they were playing against six DMs uh, versus <laughs> like six other players who are only focused on their character. Um, yeah. and, and so it's a little different. Uh, and I tried to, I tried not to go like full balls to the wall hard. I was trying to just play it. Like if I was playing as this character, what would I do in this situation? Um, and it was just the unfortunates of, I think like, I think like the only person who got initiative before their entire group was like campion. Um, yeah. and it was like, they got like 20, 20, 20, 20, 20 in like a row of five. And so mm -hmm. it was like just five of their PCs going like head on, uh, yeah. against them. And so it was just like an unfortunate situation, but, but yeah, it was just literally six PCs. Um, and I think had the initiative stacked a little bit differently, it would have been a, uh, much different fight and it probably would have been much closer, uh, mm -hmm. one side or the other. Yeah, because that was actually the problem is not only did you roll very well, but you rolled very well completely consecutively. So they all got actions in, like they basically got to take a turn almost as a single monster. And then we got to take our turns. And because of all the crap they could do, it completely put us back on our heels. You see how strong and, PCs yeah. are. Like this, this yeah. shows you how strong a player character group is. Like when mm -hmm. this is why when like when I when I always see players and they're like, oh man, but like I'm not strong. Like this is not fair. Like I'm not strong. I'm like, you're you're strong enough. <laughs> Believe me, yeah. you're strong enough. Like you 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 just need to know how to use your abilities correctly and and make sure that you're strategizing right. But like you're strong enough. Like you, you can do a, a freak ton of damage uh, when you want to. Um, and I think they, the, the, the shields of twilight have shown that in quite a few battles. Like there've been times where like Cynric's dealt like 90 damage in a turn. And I'm like, okay, well there goes that monster. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it was just, it was just an unfortunate, but yeah, I literally, it was just six PCs, uh, no legendary actions. They were just built exactly like the rest mm -hmm. of the group. And, uh, and it was just to see like, okay, uh, obviously there was a couple of different classes. I showcased my summoner class that, uh, I specifically created for uh, this campaign um, uh, based off of like summoning in, in Final Fantasy, which I, I thought it, uh, was fun. I showcased uh, the Executioner Barbarian subclass, um, which is in one as well. Um, and then I had a monk. I think I believe I had a monk in there. Um, so uh, so that was like slightly different because they had like an archer. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah. but yeah, it, it was just uh, adventuring group versus adventuring group who would win. Oh, man. Um, I was going to the shield, unfortunately. But I mean, yeah. You didn't do bad. Awesome. You didn't do bad at all, oh, I thought. Um, I almost killed the wizard. Yeah. yeah. I almost killed the wizard. <laughs> and honestly, my only complaint is the whole thing is this is the second fight since Quinn has uh, reclassified as a paladin. I have not hit anything. I have not even gotten the chance to hit anything yet. That's my only problem with it. Otherwise, I mean, it did what we needed to do. You know, we got to try and actually work together. And Harry got off a confusion spell, which would have been pretty mm -hmm. awesome. Like, yes, that, that's like the first time I think like Perry hasn't like just insta shifted into like mm -hmm. a, a wild shape and actually used the spell. And even though she was slowed, she still got it off and it was still successful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like we we did well overall. And like I said, my, that that thing 
that's smiling. Like it's it's only my complaint because I just want to see what will happen if I do hit something because I haven't done that. The world yet. explodes. It might uh, at this point. I don't know. It might be like a super angry Hulk punching yeah, you. Yeah. Have you sudden, have you managed up. to smite anything? No, not yet. Oh, someday, Two fights, someday you'll smite. No smite. <laughs> fights, no smites. Yeah. Sad. Um, I'm gonna be keeping ta- keeping tally there. If I, if I get to a third, then. I don't want to. I don't want He's that. Reclassing to continue. Again. <laughs> He's reclassing again. If I get to a third fight and I don't get to like, if I basically only get to keep myself from dying, and then end up going down anyway, then I think maybe that backup character is looking a bit more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, we'll see how that really does fit in. Um, yeah, but this is also like a fun fight that you could afford to lose. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't anything. And they learned something. I mean, they learned something about the healing now. We did, yeah. We have information we did not have before. Which is was in a controlled environment. Like if they were out in the middle of somewhere else and and learned that, uh, who knows, you know, Mm -hmm. how they would handle it versus right now while they're in the city. Awesome. Um, and that is our time for tonight. Thank you guys for coming on here to talk about retconning with me. Um, it's, been, it's been a great, great episode, but maybe next week we'll, we'll remember it differently. Who knows? Um, <laughs> ooh, ooh, who knows what's going to happen? Um, anyway, thank you, you so it's much. Your show. You should know it's no longer Tharzun, guys. It's some, it's some other creation that's coming. Oh, it's man. Cthulhu. It's Dobby. He's back. It's Cthulhu. We got the rights, everybody. <laughs> I mean that's that's a public domain. Yeah, it is it? now. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's it's public it's domain. Of course. Oh, okay. I know yeah, what I did. Or what's what's the what's the other one? Uh, the the eater of dreams or whatever. Yog sh sh. Yog sauce. Yog yog yeah sauce. I know who I you mean. Yeah. No. Um. Anyway, thank you guys for tuning in for our conversation about tomatoes and um, <laughs> Lovecraft. <laughs> Um, next, next week for more gardening tips and tips in summoning your own eldritch god. Yep, they're closely related. Um, enough, yes. I mean, didn't I they know. start as plants? No, I'm <laughs> Some of them, I think. Did they? I, it's been a while. Some anyway. of them are plant-ish, plant-adjacent. <laughs> That's true. Some of them are plant adjacent, some of them are fish adjacent, some of them are like space adjacent. It's it's really a broad range, like Pokemon. Some of them um, are non-Euclidean geometry adjacent. Yeah, That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> there's one that's dreams um anyway (laughs) trying to sign off tune in next week (laughs) tune in next week for more of this tune in next uh tune on friday for more of um for the shields doing shield stuff and investigating their latest mystery um check out our our twitch we've got a backlog of a couple of videos check out our youtube we've got all the videos we've ever done up there check out our discord we have memes and also us we're funny we talk to people um a thank you to Sunbird Lady Meows for our logo and theme music, as beautiful and auditorially beautiful as ever. And have a great night. Thank you to you, our viewers. Have a good night, everyone. Bye. Bye.